Hello, I'm Steve Corbin and welcome to Revelation Health, where we open your eyes to the often confusing world of health and health insurance. It is our goal to provide you with the information you need in a way that you can understand to give you the confidence to be a better advocate for you and your family. We're brought to you by the Kingdom Health Group, a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to help working families in the Pioneer Valley overcome the financial burden caused by medical debt. All right, so today we're actually, we're gonna talk about um, flexible spending accounts. I know I've touched on these in the past. Um, we brought them up and uh, you know, as promised, I did tell you we would devote an entire podcast episode to them. Um, and a flexible spending account or an FSA, um, You've heard me say it in the past, um, as, uh, as my goal and my focus here is to help you kind of um, fully understand health care, health insurance, um, to really comprehend the costs behind it um, that go beyond just kind of co-pays and co-insurance and just how just different decisions impact not only just your health, but what's coming out of your pocket. You know, in our last episode, we talked a lot about, you know, kind of personal accountability and the decisions that you make and how that impacts your health care and your health care costs. Um, and so one of the things that I just think if you have access to a flexible spending account or an FSA, um, it just is it's the perfect way to kind of just take that baby step into creating a healthcare budget. And for those of you that don't know what an FSA is, it's actually an employer-sponsored savings account for healthcare expenses. So it's not something, if you're an individual, it's not something that you can go out and get on your own. Um, if you're an individual, you could actually get into a, a qualified high deductible plan and put an HSA in there. Um, that we're gonna dive into in another episode as well um, because um, that is another vehicle to put money aside to help pay for costs. So one of the, the again, it's uh, it's employer sponsored. So if your employer needs to offer this, if you're a work for an employer and they don't actually offer it, um, ask them. You know, they may not be aware that it's something that their employees would want or benefit from. So have the question. Go to your HR department. Talk to whoever's in charge of your benefits and just say, Hey, listen. You know, there's. You know, I'd like to take part in a, a flexible spending account. Um, is this something that you can put together for us? Um, and one of the best things about a flexible spending account, in my opinion is it's pre-tax money, all right? So this is a uh, an account that the federal government allows you to put money into on a pre-tax basis. Uh, so the way I like to explain it is you earn a dollar to spend a dollar, right? So right now, everybody, you know, you work, you know, you go out there and, and if you're in the average tax bracket, you know, you're paying about 25, you know, anywhere from 25 to 30% in taxes, right? So um, you, you have to go to work and earn a buck 25 in order to spend a dollar. So when they remove that tax implication there, now it's just true. You earn a dollar to spend a dollar, okay? You take this money and it comes out of payroll deductions and you put it into this, uh, this savings account um, and you can use it for what is called qualified healthcare expenses. Um, and you, when you're going through this process, you may see something called uh, 213D expenses. And that's just the, the federal guidelines of w where you could go and find what services are covered under a flexible spending account. Um, and it could be anything like a deductible expense, a copay, coinsurance on your health insurance. Um, but you, you can't use it to pay your health insurance premiums. That's that's one thing you can't do um, right now with it. Um, we're actually going to talk about something that you can do to help pay for those in the future as well. But um, again, another another topic. Uh, but you can also use it to pay for 
vision expenses. You know, as you guys can see, if you're gonna if you're watching the the podcast on YouTube, um, you see Steve wears glasses. Um, and one of the first times I saw the value of having money in a health in a flexible spending account is when Steve first had to get glasses. So I'm you know almost 50 years old, so I've had glasses for about eight years now, um, and never really experienced going out and buying glasses before. Um, so I go out and I you know go purchase glasses, and all of a sudden I was pretty shocked at how expensive glasses could be. Um, and as a side note. If you wear glasses and your employer offers vision insurance, take the vision insurance as well because that that gives you some good reimbursements for eye care, eyewear, excuse me. So um, as a side note, um, but I was very happy um, that I had that money into my in my flexible spending account to help pay for my glasses. Um, another area where, again, it comes in super helpful, um, I have three daughters. Each one of them had to wear braces. And if anybody knows anything about orthodontia, it is not cheap. And if you have dental insurance, if you're lucky enough to have dental insurance that has orthodontia coverage, it doesn't pay much. Um, So putting money into this flexible spending account for me was a great way to budget for my children's orthodontia payments. so it's it's again it's a great way to put the money aside uh, on a pre-tax basis. Um, so f- a few things to think about when we're um, again putting money into the the, health, the flexible s- spending account here. Um, qualified medical expenses. Number one. The other thing is there are limitations to how much you can put into a flexible spending account. Um, that wasn't always the case, but in, with the the advent of the Affordable Care Act, they, they started uh, including uh, annual contribution limits, things of that nature. Um, so for 2024, that limit is actually $3,200. Um, and it's actually been recently attached to inflation. So we've been actually seeing that number climb up every year, um, which again, $3,200, it's not a huge amount. Um, but let me just tell you something, when you're able to kind of have that forced budget where you're putting that money into that account on a weekly basis, tax-free, it's great that you have it there to use it, right? So there's there's that limit of uh, $3,200. Um, your employer can actually implement a lower amount in there, they could say, we're only going to allow individuals to put $2,000 in there. Um, and one of the biggest reasons why an employer would want to do that um, is because how a, a behind the scenes, how an FSA is structured. And we're going to kind of get into some details on how that looks, right? So just imagine you're going to put $2,000 into your flexible spending account for your upcoming plan year that starts in January. The way it's structured is I tell my employer this is what I'm going to do, and then they break it down on a per pay period basis. So for me, that's a biweekly pay period. It's about $76 coming out of my paycheck on a biweekly basis. Um, So it's it's perfect. It puts money in in that account for me. It's tax-free. It does grow interest-free, so it's not like it's it's sitting there in an interest-bearing account or anything like that. So there's no growth attached to it. It's just kind of that's my healthcare budget, that's my emergency fund, we'll call it. Um, so it's put aside, it's tax-free. The number one benefit I always talk about, it's tax-free. The other benefit that I really wanna make sure I talk about is that money's available to you day one. 
So on January 1st of 2024, I now have access to the full amount that I've committed to for the year. So that's $2,000. So the reason why one, your employer may not allow you to put that max in is because they have to pay that that $2,000, right? So that money doesn't come from the FSA vendor. That money is actually coming from your employer. So even though you've only put in one payroll deduction in there, they would then still have to fund the full $2,000 if you used it on January 1st and wait for the remainder of the year for you to kind of accumulate the $2,000 that you put in there. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's one reason why they may put it in there. The other reason is if, say, you're working at your job, it's halfway through the year, you've contributed half the amount you said you're going to contribute into your flexible spending account, and you spend it all. And then you leave employment. The employer is still on the hook for that, right? So there is there is a little bit of a risk for your employer in a flexible spending account. So that's why they may limit it. That's why they may say um, you cannot put the maximum in there. Um, again, if they offer it, it's great. If not, talk to them about it. Ask them. Ask them if they could uh, put one in there for you. If uh, talk to your employer, you know, your employees you work with, your coworkers, and just see if it's something that everybody would use. Um, so we've really talked about the tax deductions. We've talked about some of the conveniences, uh, what we can use it for. Um, as far as eligibility for a flexible spending account. Um, one of the good things is you can put money into a flexible spending account. Again, if your employer offers it, you can't put if there, it's not something you go purchase on an individual basis. Um, but you don't; it's not tied to any health insurance plan, so you don't even have to be on your employer's health insurance to participate in their flexible spending account. Um, we I see this a lot, and I, I talk to folks a lot about it where both the employee of one, the company that I'm out maybe giving a talk to and their spouse at their employer both have access to a flexible spending account. There's nothing saying that both you know, husband and wife can't put money into that flexible spending account and maximize both of that. Especially if you're in a situation where, like I said, you know, I have three daughters and they all were, you know, wearing braces and, you know, at some point, in, you know, $2,000 in a flexible spending account wasn't, wasn't always covering the cost of the ortho expenses. So I was still having to dig into my pocket for some of that. So um, that is something that you can, um, you can access as both you and your spouse. Um, and the other thing is it is, it is tied to your employers, what they call section 125 plan. Um, and a little bit of kind of, you know, behind the scenes, section 125, that is the IRS, um, the section of the IRS code that allows for employers to take money from your paycheck on a pre-tax basis. Um, things like health insurance, things like, um, you know, flexible spending accounts, things of that nature. Um, so they're tied to that, which means there are certain rules from when you can opt into it and when you can make changes to it. Uh, and we'll go back to that example that I talked about where my plan is renewing for January 1st. I'm making a decision that I'm going to put $2,000 in that flexible spending account because that's what, you know, that I'm projecting I'm going to spend about $2,000 in copays and deductibles and things of that nature. And then three months into the year, 
something occurs and I have an unexpected medical cost that's going to wipe out my $2,000. Now, my company allows me to put money in there up to the $3,200 max for the year, but I'm, I have to stick with the decision I made at open enrollment. I can't at that point in time tell my employer, oh, I'd like to up my contribution to max it out now um, because I had this unexpected medical expense. You, you're not allowed to do that. There, there are what's called qualified events that allow you to make changes to care that falls under this section 125. Um, and a qualified event, and this would impact your health insurance as well. Qualified events allow you to make um, changes across the board. Um, and when I talk about qualified events, I wanna talk about things like um, birth of a child. Uh, marriage is a qualified event. Um, loss, you know, employers, you know, spouses loss of coverage. These things all fall into that category of what's considered a qualified event. Now, if throughout the course of the year, something occurred that fell into that bucket, you could then go back to your employer and say, hey, listen, I had this qualified event. I would like to make changes to my plans. And one of the changes I would like to make is I'd like to up my FSA or even I'd like to put less in my FSA. You know, those are, those are decisions that you can make. Um, the other thing that you're going to want to consider or just terminology that I want you to understand is um, two things called grace periods and carryovers. Um, for those of you who maybe were in a flexible spending account maybe 10 years ago, um, you heard the terminology use it or lose it. And a few minutes ago, I talked about the risks that your employer would take with an FSA, like if you utilized all of it and then left employment, um, you know, or if you're using it all really early on, they have to, you know, burden the cost of that and then, you know, wait for your reimbursements to come in. Um, under that use it or lose it provision, you also took a risk because if you said you were going to put $2,000 into a flexible spending account and you used none of it in that, in that year that you said you were going to put it, you would lose that money. Right. That was that was to when the law went into effect in the 70s, that was to kind of balance out the risk. You took some risk. The employer took some risk. You know, the federal government didn't tax you. So, you know, they took some risk there as well. Um, so they just tried to even that out. Um, so if, if in that particular situation, uh, if you went ahead and, and put that money, that money would go back to your employer. Now we can get into, you know, what was what's right and what your employer could do with that money but as far as that's concerned i mean there's there's d different things that um, i've heard of situations where employers um did refund a portion of that to employees um on a but that's that's neither here nor there so again there was some risk there um what ended up happening was they softened that up a little bit at one point in time by implementing what's called a grace period um, and now what the grace period would do, and think about, again, think about this in a calendar year, right? And so what it would do is it would add on another two and a half months in, onto your plan where you could utilize those funds. Um, so typically you think about it on a calendar year basis, it would go out until March 15th, right? So you would have all of January, all of February, and all throughout, you know, up to March 15th for a calendar year plan. Um, and so generally what would happen is, you know, 
only expenses incurred during the plan year could be in reverse for those funds. But when you had the grace period, you could use unused funds during that period, right? So instead of saying, all right, it's totally use it or lose it, um, they started to understand individuals were like, all right, I'm not going to take that risk, even though, you know, you could, you know, theoretically create a nice budget and know what your expenses are. But we all understand health insurance and healthcare can be very unpredictable. Um, you could think you're going to have expenses throughout the year and then you just not, you just don't have them. Um, so the federal government said, all right, let's give that grace period. Let's elongate it a little bit. This way, maybe people don't fear the use it or lose it. And more people will take part of it because they do understand the value of a flexible spending account, which is why it's out there. Um, they understand, um, healthcare costs are what they are and they understand that your average American struggles with them. So this is a kind of a way for them to help you out with that. Um, so that was, you know, that was kind of the, the introduction of the grace period. Uh, the second piece of flexibility that they put in, in and actually this is an area where um, I think this made the biggest difference in people taking part in flexible spending accounts. And my you know role as an advisor to fully explain it to somebody and help them mitigate their risk of or their fear of putting money in there and then not ending up using it was a provision called carryovers. And the first year that they had this carryover provision, what they said was, okay, employer X, you get to choose between having a grace period or having a carryover. And again, we explained what the grace period was, and that was an extra two and a half months to use your funds. Or you can have a carryover, which states that any unused funds up to a certain dollar amount would then go ahead and carry over into the next calendar year. Okay. So that more times than not, most employers that I work with actually went and said, Hey, we're not going to do the grace period. We're going to do this carryover. It makes much more sense. Uh, because now I can, at that point in time, I could go out and tell an individual, listen, just put the, the carryover at the very beginning of, of, of carryovers was $500. It's uh, in 2024, it's 640. So you can, now you're, you're starting to see there's a little less risk. So under the carryover provision, I can actually get out and sit in front of somebody and say, Hey, listen, just put in $640 this year. You're going to have medical expenses. This is a great way. You're it's a 25% savings. It's a forced budget. Now you're, you're, you have this money going in there. It's a forced budget. It's coming out of your payroll. You're not really going to notice it until you need it. And when you need it and you have it, it's going to be very beneficial. So if you're worried, just go ahead and put your, your 640 in there because guess what? If you don't use a penny of it this year, it'll carry over to next year. So in 2025, you would have a $640 base to begin with. Uh, so ever since the federal government started allowing this, I've actually seen, <clears throat> excuse me, more and more people um, opting into flexible spending accounts when they have it available to them. So now we talked a lot about kind of the behind the scenes, why you would want to participate in a flexible spending account, the benefits of it, the inner working, some of the terminology, but how do you use it? Uh, very, very simple. If you have a flexible spending account, I would have to say 90% of them on the market right now give you a debit card. So you're going to get it just like your bank debit card. You're going to get a prepaid. I call it a prepaid debit card because you're telling your employer you're going to put 2000 bucks on it. You get that on day one and you have 2000 to use. Okay. And so you, you can use this wherever you would have a medical expense. 
at your doctor's office. You could use it at the, the pharmacy. You could use it when you're picking up um, at, at the CVS or the Walgreens where you're picking up certain over-the-counter medications that are covered. Uh, you can use it at your dentist. You can, And it's just like any other debit card, except for it's smarter. And I'll tell you a little story because I do this all the time. And I ha- again, I have my FSA card and it's a smart card. So it won't let you purchase things that you're not supposed to. It's coded. So it will only pay. So you can't go to CVS and pay for your prescription drugs and get a Gatorade as well. It will, it will decline it. It won't, it won't pay for it. It'll just tell you, it'll, it'll bump it out because behind the scenes, it's coded to recognize what is, you know, those 213D expenses I talked about earlier, what those qualified medical expenses are. Um, so it's coded to do that. And a funny story is last year, um, I had to go, I was at CVS near my house and I go in there and I was picking something up and I knew it was something covered in my FSA. I, I won, I a hundred percent knew it without, without hesitation, without a doubt. And so I get up to the register and I pay for it. And the woman at the register goes, Oh, would you, you know, would you like to donate some money to charity? We all see it. It happens all the time, right? You go to the market, whatever around. And I always round up. It's just, it's just what I do round up. It makes it easy, easier, you know, sometimes it's only 10 cents but sometimes it's 90 cents but it all adds up so i just always without thinking just hit the roundup button and it kept declining my card and i'm sitting i'm like i pull open my app because the great thing about a lot of these companies is they give you an app for your phone so you can track spending i pull up my app i'm like i know i have the the money's in here and i'm like i was kind of embarrassed so i'm like telling the lady i'm like it's there i don't know what's going on and so finally i just said you know what i'm just going to swipe my regular debit card you know, we'll pay for it out of my pocket and, and we can, you can submit for reimbursement. There, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and so I'm sitting there, so I'm like, why was this kept declining? And so I dial the customer service number, I'm heading to my car and I'm just like, what is going on here? And so I pick it up and I was talking to the woman and I, as I just start explaining to her the situation. I said, I know exactly what it is. What I was buying was qualified but the fact that I was trying to donate money to charity, it wasn't qualified, so it was kicking it out. And I was, uh, you know, it was just a funny situation. Things can happen. Um, but I, I found that to be funny because it, it clicked. As soon as I called the, the customer service, I was like, never mind. I know what's going on here. Um, and then to flip back the script I talked about, I, would, I paid for that out of my pocket. Um, even though you have this debit card, you can pay for things out of pocket and then submit for reimbursements. All flexible spending account carriers will allow you to do that. Um, some folks I know will just do that and then at the end of the year settle up and get a get some money back. It's just a way for them to save money. Um, and then they all of a sudden they get a $2,000 check at the end of the year. Um, you could do it that way too. It's all how, how you wanna do it. Um, but the vendor that we use uh, like I said, they give you an app for the phone and submitting for reimbursement. I literally did it when I got home. All I had to do is snap a picture of the receipt and um, that was it. Within within a couple of days, they had deposited that money into my checking account. So it's very, very super easy. Um, so the other thing is, is be aware, you know, again, of, of what you're spending the money on. Um, because these are subject to IRS regulations, it is always recommended that you save your receipts. Uh, if you have access to a, um, a web-based tool like 
the the vendor that that my employer uses um it's as easy as snapping a picture they save it for you um sometimes they may even reach out to you and ask for what's called substantiation um and this could be one of the frustrating parts of having a flexible spending account um it was something that early on at the very beginning um, was a little bit more, we'll call it painful because you would have to save all your receipts. You would have to make photocopies. You would have to mail them into the, the third party administrator who's handling it and they would take care of things. Nowadays, um, again, substantiation, they don't always ask for it. Sometimes they do. It's just because it may be a questionable um, expense that may or may not be covered and they just want to make sure that um, it's basically forced record keeping on your part. They just want to make sure that they have um, the receipt for it on file in case there was an audit. Um, and the reality is the audit would come down on, on you. It's your responsibility to make sure you keep those records. So it is, um, it can be a bit of a pain when they keep coming back and asking for it. Um, but it's it's for your protection. Substantiation is, is definitely for your protection. Um, so it's, it's definitely something that um, you want to, you know, just, just be a good record keeper, just like anything, you know, that's the federal government's involved, any type of taxes, things of that nature. Um, you always want to make sure that you're being a good record keeper. So, um, so I think we, we did a really good job today of talking about, you know, the benefits of a flexible spending account. I'm a, I'm a true believer. If you have access to it, um, I highly, highly recommending if you're nervous about it, just put in the minimum. It's just going to be a little bit out of your paycheck on a weekly basis. And it really is super, super helpful when you get these unexpected medical expenses. Um, so in today's episode, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to attach a link to what's called uh, the 213D expenses. Um, I, I would just attach a PDF, but the federal government, it changes. I just want, I want you to have access you know, directly to um, the, the, the federal government's link there so that you can, if you have any questions, you can check and say, yep, that's something I can pay for. Um, and then what was the other, Oh, one more thing. So if at the end of the year, um, cause a lot of people ask me this, you know, I have, I can only roll over 640, but I have a thousand and it's now December 1st. What can I do? I tell folks, um, there's a website, fsastore.com. Okay. fsastore.com. Anything on that store is considered an eligible expense and there are things in that store that you'd be shocked that you could buy with an fsa card um two things that we bought and i'll, I'll end it after that two things that i bought this year that i was not i was surprised that i could pay for with my fsa card um number one we went on a vacation this summer and we bought all of our sunscreen through the FSA store. And my wife was ecstatic because they had her special kind there that she likes for her skin and we were able to buy it. And it's not necessarily super cheap, but it was on the FSA card, so we saved. The other thing is I was running, um, I, I knew I wasn't gonna be spending all of what I could. So I actually got one of those therapeutic massagers. It's great, one of those massage guns, I love it. And you could buy it on the FSA store. Um, so if you're running short, and you want to go ahead and do that, check it out, fsastore.com. So again, remember, in a world full of choices, choose kindness. Until next time, I'm Steve Corbin, and this is Revelation Health. <laughs>